0: Think you've seen it all. Think again. Outside those doors, we might see anything. We could find new worlds, terrifying monsters, impossible things. And if you come, if with, you me, come with me. same again. Come on, let's go. Doctor Who, coming soon to BBC One.
1: Welcome to Time for 13, the Doctor Who podcast. Uh, joining me, as always, is Rob. Hello. Hey, thanks for coming on and doing this again. Excellent. Looking forward to it. Let's dig into the a, the age of Tennant. Um, yes. So it's, this is, uh, this, David Tennant, obviously, is one of the most beloved doctors of, of the modern era and actually of, of all time. And it's easy to see why, because, man, that dude has the role down, he hits the ground running. Like <laughs> right from the start. He really knows what he wants to do uh and is full bore with it and the scripts are right there with him. It's it's amazing how they can shift between doctors because as we'll see as time goes, that is not an easy shift <laughs> when the same writer is writing for a, a new sort of lead actor. But boy, Russell T. Davies and uh David Tennant and, and Billy Piper are all very much in sync when
2: this gets rolling. What I was surprised at, I know, I think I mentioned this last time. So, you know, I've seen parts of, of Tenant uh, and Eccleston, and this is the first time I'm actually watching it in order, you know, con- continuously. I can't believe how this series matures so quickly yeah. from, from series one. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Everything is better. The cinematography, the shot composition, the music, the effects, the acting. You just go wow i mean this is like imagine this is like star trek the next generation like without a season two right that's right they just went from season one to season three and you go what this is amazing now what happened
1: yeah so, was, there like a, was there like a dozen missing episodes that we're just not seeing cause... exactly
2: no it i mean really kudos to the people when they were obviously developing this it's it's an incredible amount of growth and we'll talk about this as we go on yeah incredible amount of growth for for a second season of a show
1: the thing that, that actually that that surprises me uh, about it is uh, not only that they they're so good already, but they're they're so good together. Like uh, now, Billy Piper obviously now is the veteran; like she's done thirteen episodes, fourteen. You know, by San this goes, that and and she has a brand new lead actor that sort of she has to train, and yet the two of them already have a very very different chemistry right from the start. Right. Like, and it's not even that. There's, I mean, obviously the first the first there's uh, there's the first episode. There's that we're getting to know each other thing and not quite sure, but by the first episode, the first proper episode after the Christmas special, they already have a rapport. They already have a, a very different feeling than, than she did with Christopher Eccleston.
2: Well, and and you know, obviously you can go into the whole idea of the chemistry between the actors. She clearly, I mean, David Tennant will we'll be clear. Very, very handsome man, very dashing. Um, you can see them just connecting better yeah. just from that sort of appearance. But I'll tell you, you know what? She really develops as an actress. There is, mm-hmm. there'll be an episode. We'll talk about, you know, many episodes from now. when we talk about Karen mm-hmm. Gillen. and there's oh, a yes. certain episode in my mind where Cal- you just went, whoa, Karen Gillen can act. Yeah. <laughs> this is the season where I went, um, Billy Piper can act Yeah, like, okay, wow. She's, she's got some great acting chops that come through in a few of these episodes.
1: Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I always think of uh, David Tennant, the the tenth Doctor, I should say. This is the, this is what's weird about being a Hoovian is that you can interchange the actor and the the character <laughs> right, by number, and, and everybody goes, yeah, okay, all right. I I think of uh, nine as being uh, the soldier returned from the war, like he's back home and stuff. He's doing all the stuff, do, but he's he's a little shell shocked. He's a little um, not quite PTSD, but he he's dealing with like what he dealt with. I think of ten as being the greatest college professor you never had
2: <laughs> yes
1: but like in my mind that's all like he's because he's what he's like i gotta show you this you're not gonna believe this oh this is amazing and you go oh wow that, that was really cool what else do you have oh let me show you this like he's and which will be very different than uh, what matt smith brings to it but that that's how i always see it because he's always he's dropping knowledge all the time now i know the doctor likes to pontificate too but like the doctor does these asides like he's like almost like a footnote i think of the one from uh uh, the werewolf episode tooth and nail where he's like oh you know the the king actually did that he actually reduced the size of this gem like he's just like (laughs) giving you a little little historical pontificating aside (laughs) whereas like it's different to see how how someone else would have played it differently because even as we see over the course of, of Tenet's run he gets less vulnerable like with eccleston he, he really felt like he doesn't have any powers. Like he like he knows some stuff, but he's in danger. Like I can think of the scene where the uh, the gas zombies are have them pinned up against the wall, and he's like legitimately like this is where I'm going to die here. Like right. he's legitimately afraid for his life. But any other doctor would play that very differently because you know uh, you never really get a lot of fear from ten. Well, and I think he's never really is scared because he always sort of had. You know, he's always just like. You know, three steps ahead, thinking of things.
2: One of the things I really like, though, too, in this season is is that they do deal, though, with his sense of loss. Oh and, yes. And in a way oh, that, and we'll get into that, well, we'll just dive in, like the sense of loss and his and his ability to realize, you know, I'm going to go on, I'm going to ostensibly live forever, but I'm going to, I don't want to see all these people that I have grown to to have affection for and to love to pass away. And it and I think that's a really um again i love I love that they decided to tackle this because I don't think you ever really got a few times at least in the original classic who mm-hmm. did you ever really get that level of the doctor's um his loneliness so to speak yeah. really yeah. come through
1: that that's very true the, the 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 difference between them but Russell T Davies is, is very much investigating the idea of the lonely God, correct and they, they refer to him that sometimes too or or the vengeful God like he the idea that he is uh, above everything and then even he as as we'll see over the course of the thing he sort of ends up taking that in and like it ends up inflating him <laughs> his ego to that point where he thinks that he is the lord of time but we, and we started to see some of that stuff here and like you say the, the detachment and that and then he is also filled with regret you can see that a lot of times that he as opposed to the other doctors the, the way he deals with what they did in the time war is that he right. is you know it's sort of a in an, an open wound he is constantly like you know he doesn't try to, try to think about it because but when he does he's filled with that guilt and that remorse uh, was it the uh, the one who regrets and the one who forgets is that how the mm-hmm. the war doctor refers to them or the yep. the moment refers to them? there we go so the okay so let's let's get into the, the actual season then okay so the first time we see them together is actually not the Christmas invasion did you know about the uh, children in need special
2: oh I compl- I completely forgot to check that out I did yeah, so
1: and I- so there is a there is a little piece um, that they did for. So children in need is a is a children's charity, and that's if you see the red noses around, like Walgreens is big and selling that's children in need. They, it's a thing that's been going on in England for decades at this point. And they they do big celebrity chari- charity telethon thing, and they get all these people to contribute this stuff to it. And one of the things every year Doctor Who does a thing for it. It used to be that they actually would have a little extended something or other as as it went along it now has become they they sort of do almost like skits they they have like individual little one off episodes sometimes written by the I found one online that was written by kids they like had students at a school write an episode and that sort of thing but back in this time and and it will be for the next couple of years they actually do a piece of of real Doctor Who like an actual real scene and so for this is the first one they've ever done was this which is called they call it Born Again even though it doesn't really that's not really it doesn't appear anywhere it's just where the fans have sort of christened it and it's the moment from when they then when the doctor regenerates into 10 up until he lands on christmas so it's like it's basically what Rose's reaction is to seeing this new doctor because by the time we see her in Christmas Invasion, she's like, "Oh no, this is the doctor. This is what he's like." Right, you know? and, right, right, right. But they actually, actually, should. so I have a little piece of that. It's, it's the, the whole. If you can find online, I'd search for it. Just uh, Doctor Who Children Need 2006 because uh, Christmas. It's on that, on the edge, and so it's about three or four minutes long. I have just a little piece of it today to about her sort of reacting to this new person, this new face on the, on the man that she's uh, been traveling with.
0: On the doctor. Where is he? Where's the doctor? What have you done to him? You saw me. I, I changed. Right in front of you. I saw him sort of explode and then you replaced him like a, a, a teleport or a, a transmit or a body swap or something. You're not fooling me. I've seen all sorts of things. Nanogenes, Gelf, Slovene. Oh my god, are you Slovene? I'm not a Slovene. Send him back. I'm warning you. Send the doctor back right now! Rose, it's me. It's honestly, it's me. I was dying. To save my own life, I changed my body. Every single cell, but still me.
1: You can't be. So that gives you a little piece of. I didn't realize it would be that quiet. It didn't show up that, that way on my thing. So okay, wait though. The
2: actor' your drums by
1: having to crank up the
2: volume. The acting alone has already improved. <laughs> 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 just listening to that without even seeing it, it's like yeah. okay, that's that's great. Yeah, Perfect. yeah. I mean,
1: yeah. It's it's a nice it's a nice little it's just a little just a two of them in the room together because from what I have read. Uh, Billy Piper was not even there when the regeneration scene was filmed. Like she was off filming something else. So oh. like when he actually shows up, it is saying Barcelona. And so like there's, he was <laughs> reacting to no one. So this was like the first time they actually were on screen together. But I think this actually was shot later because there's a bit of a retcon because when he shows up in the Christmas invasion, he asks about how he looks and they've already had that conversation. But uh, eh, wibbly wobbly timey wimey. So that played, that played for everyone, and then they got to watch Christmas special a couple of days later. So then, okay, so we get to Christmas Invasion, and uh, my only complaint with Christmas Invasion is not enough Tenant. Like, <laughs> uh,
2: like,
1: I, I get what they're doing, and I, I, I understand that, but it's like, oh man, like having the Doctor sidelined for half the episode? Oh, He's out.
2: Okay, so wait, wait, do we do have to do um, alternate title? Mm. Okay, so, right, altern- so Christmas Invasion, alternately known as? The Happening 2 Silent Night, Deadly Night. <laughs> <laughs> Silent night, deadly night. I okay, like that. because because here's the deal. Okay, first of all, we'll get into the happening part later. Sure. Okay, those robot Santas. Yeah. What was up the, with that? The, the, the slice and dice Christmas tree. Yeah. Legitimately <laughs> frightening. Right. And and I mean, if you were like seven years old and watching <laughs> this, you'd you'd be done.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 there. a great – It's a, you, you can tell that Russell sort of like fell in love with this idea of robot Santas and flamethrowers coming out of trombones and, and that stuff and, and a killer Christmas tree. At the same time, it doesn't make any sense at all. Like,
0: oh, no, no.
2: Where,
1: where the heck – I mean like because later on we meet the Sycorax and I'm like, okay, clearly the Sycorax would not send a killer Christmas tree. So why? Who? When? Like where was – I know he, he calls them pilot fish, and I get that. Like, I understand the metaphor of they're, they're the ones sniffing around. They're not the main threat. They're the ones around. But who sent them? Yeah. Where are they from? Who's controlling them? You are, know, they, what? are they aliens themselves? Or are they just robots that someone sent? Because those Masked Santas will show up again later and just being controlled by
2: someone else. And I'll tell you this. As much as I found, that actually summarizes, I think, most of this season. This is outrageous, ludicrous insanity, <laughs> but it's done well. And I'm and I'm hooked, right? Like yeah. you're yeah. watching it, going, "This is absurd," and yet you're still like, "Okay, I'm I'm in for the ride" because the acting and ev- and everything yeah. has gotten better. But yeah,
1: that, no. it's, 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 I'm, I'm and I'm being I'm in being intentionally nitpicky, but because it, it's it's there are great visuals and and so you know just being chased down the the lane through all the Christmas shopping by evil Santas. All right, <laughs> you're right. Yeah, bring it on.
2: So we do have the interesting. I love after every regeneration, we always deal with some sort of new. Well, what went wrong, you know, mm-hmm. or what's what's a one off. And then we have sort of the interesting idea that he's still baking, you know, yeah. because of things that happen. And I just think that's interesting because, again, i it, the, sh- the show has dealt with that so differently in the last 50 years that. It's funny to see everyone try to come up with new takes on it every time it happens.
1: That's right. Every time there's a new doctor, there's always like, okay, how's he going to react to? Is it what's what's his regeneration sickness going to be like? And right. it's also interesting to watch the fans have to go through it too. Like we all went through regeneration sickness too, because it's like, right. but I like the last guy. What's this guy doing? You know, I remember that being a big thing with Matt Smith when he first showed up. Where it's like, this guy with a huge chin running around. What the, what is he doing? You know? right. And then over the course. of of four or five episodes, you're like, "Oh yeah, I love him. He's the best. He's the he's the greatest. Why did I ever think anything differently?"
2: But I like the fact though that we we you know we've got Harriet Jones,
1: mm-hmm. Harriet Jones, Prime Minister,
2: Prime Minister. Um, <laughs> there's some really cool moments. I mean, obviously, I mean, it's a little absurd. The uh, what is it? The Sycorax? Sycorax, yeah. Sycorax. I mean, I mean, obviously, a little bit of a, of a of a paper villain in that big shiny, you know, big big scary teeth. They should be able to just wipe everything out very quickly, and somehow, you know. It's a it's a sword fight at the end. I, I thought that was a little weird.
1: And that's the, that's what you're talking about with the embrace the adventure part of it. And that's right. exactly what it is. Like it's the Doctor in his pajamas having a sword fight with an alien hovering over London. Yeah. All right. Bring it on.
2: I and I'll tell you this: that that's when he, when he cuts off the hand. Yeah. Like you're if you're a longtime fan, you go, Ooh, what happens now? And of course I do like the little play with the whole, oh well it's in the first fifteen hours, so uh-huh. I can I mean I can do this. I mean if you're a salamander, that's cool, I right. guess. Like
1: <laughs> And it's a fighting hand.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean I mean again so absurd, but like done so well that you're laughing and you're going, "I get the joke." Go ahead, yeah, let's do yeah. this. it's cool.
1: I, I, think, I mean, he spends a lot. Russell spends a lot of time, you know, with the family, so we get to see all of them around him. Obviously, she wakes the doctor up by saying, "Help me!" Which I thought was great, and he pops up with the instantly reacts to the thing and knows what's setting on the sonic and, and blasts it, and then immediately falls back asleep. Uh, but the, but we get to spend so much time with the the family, <laughs> right.
2: Still, yeah, yeah, like, I'm I, like, not a fan. I like
1: Mickey. Mickey is starting to starting to come into his own, but ah, oh, Jackie. Well, well, uh, I'll tell you,
2: Mickey has obviously as we will get to the end of the season has an amazing yeah. character arc. Yeah. Oh my god, though the mother, I can't. Yeah, yeah I just can't.
1: <laughs> well, I, as much as it annoys me that they that he's sidelined for most of it, they did build up to it so that he makes. One of the best entrances, and I yeah. actually have that. So, we're going to come in a little bit later. So, I love Rose trying to be the doctor, trying to negotiate, and like uh-huh. oh, yeah. citing the names of all the characters that she has met, encountered and met and everything. And, and then, like, the Sacrax just laughing at her. So, we're going to come in slightly after she's tried to be the doctor and couldn't. Did
2: Make you think you were stop being? With your stolen words, we are the Sycorax,
1: <laughs> stride the darkness. <laughs> Next to us,
0: you are but a wailing child. If so far the best your planet can offer as a champion, then your, world then your world will be gutted. And your people <laughs> enslaved.
2: Hold on, that's English. He's
0: talking English. You're talking English. I would never dirty my tongue with your primitive bayal.
2: That's English. Can you hear English? Yeah, that's English. Definitely English. I speak only cigarette, sick!
0: If I can hear English, it's being translated. Which means it's working. Which means. me
1: that's it's just perfect it's just yeah. like it builds up you like you have the there there the, the, there's so much trouble and stuff and the the way the camera like it does like a one shot especially that she's saying that that as Rose is figuring it out and they walk over and the music swells and the doors open and he comes striding out like the doctor in all of his glory and you're like
2: oh, yes it's no very well done you did make me realize though I forgot um, how Klingon y the <laughs> <laughs> they are very yeah, cling on yeah. very clear. It's incredibly cling-on-y. Now, you know, okay, so... so the big inter- red button, I mean, the... Oh, yeah. Interesting Interesting part, though, is as... So then he comes out, and he has the sword fight, and I know two moments surprise me mm-hmm. is how dark he gets. Yes. One, that he allows the leader to, to basically die, yeah. right? He, yeah. he lets them... Right. And, and he understands how that's going to play. But when... And kind of fast-forward here to the end, you know, where he tells them, you have to leave now because I've defeated your leader. They're taking off, and Harriet Jones uh, pulls uh, uh, brings out the Torchwood, and Torchwood has a Death Star gun that's yep. apparently like over the course of, all over the island of of, uh, of England, um, blows up the ship, yeah. and and okay, he's right. Doctor's obviously pissed.
1: Yeah, I, no, I, have, I have that audio too, oh, and I, cool. I know it feels like it's. I'm, I'm. 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 This is not how the rest of the episode today will go. Oh <laughs> but no, no, no! This I is love awesome. the Christmas invasion, and it has some of my favorite moments. Do and so it. I have do this, it. This is one of my my favorite things. So yeah, so Harriet Jones has blown up the has used Torchwood to blow up the ship, even though they were running away, and the Doctor is not having it, and he decides to
0: take his vengeance. That was murder. That was defense. It's adapted from alien technology a ship that fell to Earth 10 years ago. But they were leaving! You said yourself, Doctor. They'd go back to the stars and tell others about the Earth. I'm sorry, Doctor, but you're not here all the time. You come and go. It happened today, Mr. Llewellyn and the Major. They were murdered. They died right in front of me while you were sleeping. In which case, we have to defend ourselves. Britain's golden age. It comes with a price. I gave them the wrong warning. I should have told them to run as fast as they can, run and hide, because the monsters are coming, the human race. Those are the people I represent. I did it on their behalf. And I should have stopped you. What does that make you, Doctor? Another alien threat? Don't challenge me, Harriet Jones, because I'm a completely new man. I could bring down your government with a single word. You're the most remarkable man I've ever met. But I don't think you're quite capable of that. No, you're right. Not a single word. Just six. I don't think so. Six words. Stop it. Six. Don't you think she looks tired? Oh, oh man! No,
2: no. Here's here's what I got to <laughs> say to that. Put down the Sean Hannity playbook. <laughs> What the heck, dude? That was harsh.
1: It was harsh. (laughs) And and, uh, I actually uh, was doing research for this. I found a a fan thing that says because he does this, because he basically goes way out of proportion, you know, like because she was supposed to be the architect of Britain's golden age. Because he does this, it is the chain reaction that causes everything that will eventually lead to his death. Like, they put down, like, because of them, because she's gone, there's a power vacuum, which, which Mr. Saxon then steps in, and, oh. like, all this, like, they oh. went, like, this creates wow. this, begets this, begets this, and I was like, oh, wow. So, like, really, in that in that moment, was really, even though it, I'm sure it was, it was, you know, it wasn't, like, planned, planned by them, he is sowing the seeds of his own death.
2: Oh, my God, that's amazing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I, I just like, thought, okay.
2: Right. I, I just thought it was, inc- I thought it was incredibly dark
1: yes yes and and so we get to see this doctor very much has a dark side yes like he's not just the happy-go-lucky running around the universe like he really has and like said no second chances well right yeah. <laughs> he's not going to let her get a chance to do something like that again. So, no, Edward, no, gets, no, 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 you're right. Obviously no, this is good. The arc word, obviously Torchwood, Torchwood becomes a big thing because uh, we get to see sort of why Torchwood was created and how it came
2: about. Torchwood, a big uh, running part of this whole season, actually. That's right. It becomes yeah.
1: it, it becomes the recurring thing for us and then leading into the eventual you know creation of Torchwood as a spin-off series. Torchwood, an anagram of Doctor Who. Right. Um, oh, and, the, and uh, also the hand. The hand is uh, going to be coming back, too. He, his hand just chops off and falls out of there, but the, the hand actually becomes a major plot point later on, too, so they, they don't forget much in the Doctor Who universe. Uh, we also get to see a major difference between uh, 9 and 10 in this, in that at one point, Rose invited, invited 9 to come to dinner, and he says, I don't do domestic. Well... Tannen apparently doesn't have that problem because we get to see as, – as he you know, picks his outfit and all that stuff, he has Christmas dinner with them, wearing the little – the crowns and doing the Christmas crackers and eating the, the food. I mean like he has no problem sitting down with, with people and having a, a nice meal.
2: Which again though, it, it actually is a theme I think of the whole season, a little bit more of a human and shall I say flirty and shall mm-hmm. I say a socializing doctor that you really – just haven't gotten. I don't think you've gotten that actually since Peter Davison. Yeah. Um, if you go a classic Who, um, definitely you see that in this character, and which makes sense because he's a big fan of Peter Davison. We'll talk about that in the next in the next episode.
1: But yeah, so I I there's also was a, apparently there was a a cut line, and I think they actually this this might come up later on in that in that they say the Doctor can. Take on aspects of his companions if they're around when he regenerates. They say the 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 line I guess in the episode that was cut was uh, like a chick imprinting on who it sees first.
2: Oh, so
1: there was that. That was they were sort of like implying that because Rose was there, he's a little bit more human or a little bit more emotional or something just because she was around. And so we get we and we kind of see some of like how the doctors are a little bit different when their companions are there. But I don't know. It's one of those fan theories, I guess, at this point because it was you know not officially canon. But I always thought that was interesting. So yeah, Christmas Invasion, one of my favorite episodes. I think I, I watched that, if not every Christmas, at least every other Christmas. I, it's, I, I usually, I usually <laughs> fast forward through. And also, I guess last, last <laughs> the last note on hour. it
2: is that it starts the tradition. They did it right as a test to see how it yes. would go over at Christmas. It goes mm-hmm. over obviously well, and then there you have the, the tradition of the Christmas episodes.
1: That's right. And so we, we're going to see a lot of Christmas specials. I like think 10. They've like done 10 Christmas specials right. since then. Yeah, I guess 11 if you include the... Well, I don't actually I don't, I don't know because the, 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 there a, a special called Ten Doctors, Ten Christmases," but I'm not sure if that includes the um, Charles Dickens episode from the last episode. That was a Christmas too, but
2: oh well. So move on to episode one: uh, New Earth, alternately known as Planet of the Cats, escaped from <laughs> Convent Hospital. <laughs> now there is an alternative title. Oh, okay. Alternate, alternate. much less original episode two: Attack of the Clones. Oh hey, <laughs> very appropriate. There we go. That sums it all up, right?
1: <laughs> it's one of those episodes where I'm like, I was sort of like going, oh yeah, the cats and the, the hospital and stuff too. And I watched it. And I'm like, oh my god, this is a great episode. I loved it. It I is actually such really a romp. Did. Yeah, uh, return of Cassandra and really good uh, makeup effects. Yes. Like the
2: the cats look great. The sisters of the sisters of plenitude. Yeah. Yes. They no. I'll tell you this. It they looks great. I was totally engrossed in it. Um, yeah. Huge, huge comedic romp <laughs> for, yes. for for Billy Piper, who is yep. absolutely amazing, and David Tennant as well, because he gets you know, the the whole idea of Cassandra go- body yep. phenomenally funny. And then you have the face of Bo. You, yep. you have a nice little. You know, I just think bringing back some of those characters from from Eccleston's first step or se- first or second episode. You really, I just thought it was a nice continuity that put a whole new spin on it. Yeah,
1: I, I, it's it's um, way better than I had remembered it. And, and yeah, because you're, like you're saying, I love a good body swapping episode because it gives the actors something fun to do to do their impressions of the other actors that oh, they've absolutely. worked with for so long. Uh, so yeah, watching the Cassandra thing go from you know from doctor to companion to eventually to her. Um, uh, I can't remember his name now. Uh, the his her Argyle guy. Igor. Um, I just called him Igor. Yeah, Igor or Igor, Igor. Um, or Gollum, as they refer to him. Right. That it's it's so much fun just watching, even just even just in a scene having to switch characters back and forth. And I can think of when they're climbing the ladder and it has to keep going back and forth. But then he switches to the doctor and demands her to get out of Rose. And then it goes back to him. And she's like, what are you doing? You said you were going
2: to. And I'll tell you, but I'll tell you though, i, I again, kudos to Billy Piper because the act, yeah. you could see her become an actual great actress.
1: Oh like yes. The time- yes.
2: Cause the, the comedy is hard. I mean, the timing has to be right. And, and, and she's just got the whole attitude and the body movements mm-hmm. and, you're just like her whole, okay. her.
1: whole posture changes. Yeah.
2: No, yeah. I uh, total kudos to that. Um, the story is is what it is. It's interesting, it is and I, it yeah. and I, and I was certainly entertained by just where this was going to go, and I was entertained by the performances. But interesting, um, continuing the mysterious face of Bo. Yes,
1: uh, who has a message for the doctor, but he's not quite ready to give it to him yet. Right.
2: Um, that but be very later. Also interesting, the closure of the Cassandra arc with with a very uh-huh. merciful kind of sweet ending. Yeah,
1: I thought about that that too. I was like, I was like, oh, it's interesting. He didn't try, you know, take revenge. He actually allowed her to do that, and then in in a way completed the circle because she says she even says the last time this party was the last time someone told me that I was beautiful, and ends up being herself. Yeah, no, it was actually very nice. One of the things that that I I had to look up because I didn't know is that when. Cassandra jumps into Rose's body. She says, oh, good God, I'm a chav. I didn't know what the chav meant. Oh, yeah. So I had to look that up. It's actually in English. It's a derogatory term for a lower class person. It's like from a very upper class to lower class. And then I, I couldn't find... All these examples they had were very British examples of shows that a lot of times didn't even come over here. The best example they gave that I thought would have universal appeal that our listeners would is Eggsy from Kingsman is a chav.
2: Oh, gotcha. So
1: that kind of like posery tough guy poor uh but like you know uh going out with his mates and getting drunk and you know that that kind of thing that's that's what she meant so it's it's a very much of a higher class to lower class insult gotcha that's what that's what she refers oh, to because, as, which yeah. Jumps into her, yeah oh and this is the first time we get to hear one of uh the recurring thing that will become a almost a catchphrase for david Tennant. i'm sorry i'm so sorry we'll be hearing that a lot as as the time goes by it's interesting to see these things that are just were spontaneous at the moment that end up becoming a central part of the character oh, yeah. as they go along.
2: And it's good. I, I actually think in this episode you get the – I mean, I, here's the deal. I'm surprised. Like second episode in mm-hmm. and you're like, yeah, this is the doctor.
1: Yeah, he absolutely is. He is 100% like a different way of doing things and I'm on board. Like, all right, I that totally, this is the way you're going to go about your business. I totally
2: Great. see how this it took off. Like I can t- completely understand pop culturally how it took off because you get it. Very likable. Very enjoyable to watch. Even, again, the absurdity of it all, mm-hmm. incredibly fun, fun 42 minutes. So, yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's a great one. And then followed by another great episode, Tooth and Claw, alternately known as? An
1: interstellar werewolf in Scotland. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> My thought was um, Kung Fu werewolves from the moon. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you something.
2: You, you You have me at Ninja Monks. Yeah, right. Because when you have Ninja <laughs> Monks... That's kind of cool, right? Yeah. No, yeah. this one loved it. I actually, oh, yeah. I was totally enthralled. It, real danger, real tension. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, pretty decent effects. All things considered, yeah. all things considered, yeah. I mean, honestly, I I loved it. Real loss. You have sacrifice. You have characters that you you know hope don't die and they die. Right. Um, yeah. No, I'll tell you what, and and a very interesting planting the full original seed of Torchwood.
1: That's right. We get to see that that's where uh, Queen Victoria, and, and a great, great Queen Victoria. It was sort of like, as I was sitting in this, sort of watching it in this mode where I'm examining, I was sort of like, oh right, that's an actress. Like, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like, like, she's so good. And I was just like, oh yeah, um, she's also a person that they hired to play this role. It's like I, it's like sometimes I don't even think about that. Like, no, she was so totally good as great. Queen
2: Victoria. Great performances. I mean, seriously, I thought this was 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 just a really great scary episode like you you got into it it was cool stuff totally got wrapped up in the story and the action incredibly well done this is is david
1: Tennant got to use his natural accent yes (laughs) <laughs> that was one of the other things that's amazing about him is when you realize, oh, yeah, he's doing all this amazing emoting and stuff, and he's also doing an accent at the same time because he's naturally Scottish. When he gets to do this stuff, it's the only time he gets in the series, I think, that he actually gets to speak how he normally speaks.
2: And isn't the uh, – I think I, I picked this up and I've read this before that a couple things he mentions, uh, Balamori. Which was mm-hmm. like a, a, t, a little TV show, I guess, a children's program.
1: Yeah, there's a couple of, uh, of, of little nods and stuff too. And then their are ongoing bet. It's interesting that that they already have this sort of like as as the Queen Victoria says, this is the second episode. Like this, you feel like this should be like the ninth or tenth episode Absolutely. because they're so chummy. They're so they already have this natural rapport because there's a werewolf from space going around killing people and ninja monks, and they're both they're more concerned with getting the Queen to say we are not amused.
2: Oh yes. That and the oh, and I do love the constant. And this girl is naked, uh huh. Yeah, I apologize apologize for my nakedness, yeah, my arms (laughs) and ankles. It was either her, I was gonna buy either her or the elephant man. (laughs) Yes, yeah, Yeah. oh no, that's very funny. Okay, I mean, we're we're skimming over these, but I mean, seriously, when you watch these, you there are laugh out loud moments in this series that you just totally laugh at, and they're just good humor. It's not even about the story, the character, or anything, it's just a well placed joke. That is well executed.
1: Yeah. yeah. Russell T Davies does not get enough credit for how funny he can be when he writes because he wrote both of these. Uh, the of and He wrote New Earth and Tooth and Claw. So he's like on a roll at this point. Oh, absolutely. Just really? Okay. And the thing that is that he I mean, I, I'm a writer, so I always look at things from like that's why I, I'm mentioning him all the time. Uh, but he had a brand new actor. Like coming in who had never he'd done you know he'd said what three lines at that point and he had to go off by himself and sit down and write these episodes not knowing <laughs> what david Tennant would really be like i mean right. most of these are were written before they even started shooting so you really had to have a, a firm character in your head and have the actor on board to do the exact same thing you're doing that's it's the amazing mind meld that they they really pull off and, and you really get to see it um in, in this episode especially they they're they're very much hitting on all cylinders
2: the season is almost in reverse
1: yes i, I absolutely agree i could have sat down and, and i was gonna have uh my wife i was like i was like oh you need to watch this with me like you you've seen all these episodes like piecemeal like sit down and i sit down and looked at the, at the season and i was like oh maybe you should just watch the first half of the season <laughs> or, or third depending on your point yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or because but boy like yeah this is this is a very unbalanced season as, as, as we'll get to it but right now we're still hitting the heights oh absolutely so, uh, we roll right into uh one of my favorite episodes of all
2: time school reunion or alternately known as there's two titles for this one one is okay. school of rock 2 my teacher is a vampire bat <laughs> or or amusingly sarah jane and hooch Oh, <laughs> that's good. So <laughs> am still about my teachers of Vampire
1: Bat. I love that. I mean,
2: I, I, I'll tell you. You know what? This episode, I had seen so many pieces of it because there are so oh, many phenomenal yes. scenes that if you're a classic Who fan, obviously yes. you care about. This was brilliant. I, I, I'll tell you what. If you, if, you know, If you had to continue to come up with ways to snag old school fans of this show, Mm -hmm. this is the episode that should totally bring you back.
1: Yeah, and this this is the first one that they explicitly come out and say he's the same Doctor. Now, they had made uh, references to stuff in the back, but it wasn't until this that they actually went, no, this is 100% the same guy. Right, absolutely. That was great, yeah, because we get to see, not only do we see Anthony Stewart Head uh, from Buffy, one of my favorites, but we get to see the return of Sarah Jane Smith,
2: Elizabeth Slade, Elizabeth Slade, who is brilliant and beautiful. And, yeah. and obviously, I mean, just from
1: all- anyone, anyone who had watched any of the third and fourth doctor yes. you know, uh, w- was in love with her. Yes. And to see her come back and be, and, and all, and from this got a sort of a resurgence in her career. She got the Sarah Jane Adventures became a spinoff eventually. Right. She so got their own show for a while. Uh, and then of course left us way too soon. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That was, that was hard. Cancer, man.
2: Yeah.
1: No. Like she, like she found out. And then like four months later she was gone. And it's
2: so awesome because then, you know, a little bit, I mean, just a little side note about her. She sounds like she was an amazing person. Yeah. Just as a human, right? And and, as a, yes. and and apparently she kept it really under wraps that she was sick. Yeah. My understanding is, is that like, pe- she died and people went, whoa, wait, whoa, Like People who've known her for years were like, what happened? And and just you know she phenomenal. I, mean, I remember
1: like she she cause she she died I think in this in the spring and I went to a convention that year like three or four months later uh, and one of the writers of Doctor Who was there uh, uh, Paul Cornell who's right. uh, who wrote he wrote a bunch of the episodes but um, uh, most notably the oh I can't come up with the title right now but it's uh, where the Doctor becomes human for a, a time it, it, that's in David Tennant's I think it's, it's in the next season oh okay where he goes undercover as a human and then forgets all about his memories and stuff too he wrote that episode. But he was talking on a panel and talk and started talking about her and how amazing she was. And there's peop- there's a guy in the audience who had not heard, <laughs> oh, <laughs> and he wow. had to, like this guy had to break it to this <laughs> to this longtime Who fan that that she was gone. And it was one of these like, oh wow, yeah. So it it was it was fast and brutal. But but seeing this again just makes me. Uh, you know, like it brings back my nostalgia. How I, I will admit though, when she says goodbye to the doctor, the, you and know, I was, I was in tears. Cause oh. there's like, there's so much, there's so, there's multiple levels of stuff going on in there too.
2: Interesting. And interesting, t- uh, again, part of this whole season's arc about loss and the doctor, the lonely, the lonely doctor, mm-hmm. giving you the yeah. companions take on, because how often in a classic coup, and even to this point in the series, you can have know. an old time companion show up, right. For the most right. part to get that whole, the, the, the companions perspective of loss. And the loneliness and how, yeah. you know, what could they do really well done. I mean, they, they're exploring some really good themes that uh, for the show, I mean, wow. Second time to- for the second season of the return, this is, yeah. this is good meaty stuff that, yeah. and again, the performance is just take it over the top. It's excellent.
1: Yeah. I mean, they really get, yeah, like you're saying, they really got to dig in on some of this stuff and and have these intense conversations and it's for, you know, a, a lighthearted time traveling adventure show you know like they actually have this more they can sit down and go you left me like you you abandoned me Like, Like to actually confront the things that he had done in the past and him you know sort of owning up to it
2: and and let me add in addition this 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 episode has the the crazy scene of actually getting heartfelt over the loss of a metal dog
1: Yes, oh yes, because those of us who who were longtime fans there, like you know, when we I was a kid, kid when I saw that, I loved Canine. Like it was like he's a robot dog. It's the best. I I will
2: fully admit that in eighth grade, I made a full size Canine replica out of poster board. Oh, and it was amazing. (laughs) And my parents were very nice to allow me to keep it in the house for like I think six (laughs) months, and then of course we had to destroy it because it literally took up too much space. Um, Yeah, bringing him back. Yeah. phenomenally done but that scene where he he says i'm gonna i'm gonna go do this and you're a good dog and uh that's awesome it's so it's really yeah. well
1: done oh yeah it's really good um the and i, I have one piece of audio i'm not gonna play this oh, because yeah. I, I don't want to start bawling <laughs> so i didn't i didn't pull any of the audio from that but one of the things is I, i'm a big and and obviously there's a there's a great meta moment too like you can see I like about this one is it brushes against the fourth wall, but doesn't break it. Right. So when the doctor sees Sarah Jane Smith for the first time, you can really see David Tennant fanning out over yes. Elizabeth Slade. Yes. Like he, he's, he does it so well. He's playing it, but you can really see that it's like, oh my gosh, I get to act with Sarah Jane Smith. This is amazing. <laughs> he really has it. That's that's not what I'm going to play. But the other part of it is it actually is a really good a Doctor Who episode, like in addition to having all of this this great emotional connection into the past and everything, and these and these really good performances, it's a it's a really good you know science fiction story of using kids to you know manipulating their brains and stuff. Too. Oh, yeah. and we get to see what uh, and, and continuing on the theme of the uh, the vengeful god, we get to see Anthony Stewart Head and David Tennant go head to head in the scene. And so yeah. that's the what I pulled. Gotcha. So that, this is this is a great little scene of the two of them sort of squaring off.
0: And what of the Time Lords? I was thought of you as such a pompous race. Ancient, dusty senators, so frightened of change and chaos. And of course, they're all but extinct. Only you. The last. This plan of yours, what is it? You don't know. That's why I'm asking. Well, show me how clever you are. Work it out. If I don't like it, then it will stop. Fascinating. Your people were peaceful to the point of indolence. You seem to be something new. Would you declare war on us, Doctor? I'm so old now. I used to have so much mercy. You get one warning. That was it. But we're not even
2: enemies. Soon, you will embrace us. (laughs) i used to have so much mercy no great that's actually that's i'm glad you pulled that one it gives you definitely a window into the psyche of the 10th doctor Mm -hmm. so you understand i love that i mean you're you're, that's all a tapestry woven throughout the whole season which is fantastic and you're still getting and you're and i love when he i think this is interesting in that very few times do you get the doctor to to confront a villain who has Mm. the same level of intellect same, that's true. You know, I mean, I love when I really enjoy when they have a villain who knows more about the Doctor than almost he knows, and <laughs> I know, and and I think that's great. I know this was everything about this episode is entertaining and enthralling, and gets you more into the the mythology of the series.
1: Yeah, and and Mickey Smith, Mickey Smith gets to join the the group. He comes. He becomes an actual full on companion.
2: He does. Well, he does. Uh, he uses a car in a in a in a very good when he bashes in the doors. He's, yeah, uh, he's, that's right. He's, yeah, he, he, he's he, he He's finally out. growing up from being an observer to yep. I can actually take action and help, which is which yeah. Is
1: and up. he's the, even though he's the the still himself off the tin dog.
2: <laughs> no, it's <laughs> very it, much. Uh, oh yes, uh, I like that.
1: He's, yes. the team. Yeah, It's I. It's a it's a really really it's a great great episode and and amazing for for this early on. I mean, it's episode three.
2: Well, the, <laughs> now, I've heard that it's so good when he. I guess when Russell Davies pitched. When he was actually talking about doing taking over the show mm-hmm. or starting bringing it back, I should say this was one of the ideas he had originally. I guess in the back of his head, so he had had this episode baked for a long time. Okay, yeah, and, I think and-
1: it was originally it was it was supposed to be at like a military installation, but then they right. they sort of had this school idea that was kicking around. So I think he combined those two.
2: No, really, well done. And I'll say this: um, really cool way to set up. You know, obviously at the end he has the final goodbye with Sarah Jane, which is beautiful, mm-hmm. and the new the new canine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, you know, one of the better episodes of setting up that, like, if you're going to do a spin sh- spin-off series, this is a, this, uh, intentionally or not, this is a good way to actually do it where it doesn't feel heavy-handed.
1: Yeah, very true. All right, so we move on to uh, episode four, uh, The Girl in the Fireplace, ultimately known as?
2: A Clockwork Cyber Orange, Love Never Dies. <laughs> is that now, colon, I, Love Never Dies? No, Love Never colon, <laughs> Love Never Dies. I, sh- I should say those. Okay, really cool episode.
1: Wow, once again? This is Stephen Moffat, man, like then he's on, he is
2: on. It's well, I'll tell you, I mean, really awesome. Interesting though the further development of romancing the doctor. Yes.
1: Yeah, that's which, definitely which, a a theme through this whole season of the the sort of the love life. that. I mean, we got to see he uh Cassandra laid a big smooch on him in, uh, right. in the first episode. Uh, it, it very much is a recreating much more than there was with Christopher Eccleston, even though he got kissed a couple of times too. There is much more of a, a Casanova vibe <laughs> uh, from his pre- previous role as Casanova, infecting this like he's very much the, the, a, a romantic
2: hero. Well, and you're getting and – you're, and you're clearly with Moffat, which is true. You're, you're planting the seeds of the River Song yeah.
1: story arc. You can see that of a uh, yeah. You can see a lot of that in here. A a love story told uh, out of order, of the of the doctor dipping exactly. in and out of someone's life. Like yeah, you can see that. I the, the was sort just
2: of- gonna say this is this is a total precursor to a big part of the Matt Smith era, which obviously we'll get to. Yeah, and we also have one of the greatest social suggestions of all time, which is to always take a banana to a party. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. This is one of those, like when they, when they do the, the, the top 10 lists of, of Dr. Who, uh, you know, uh, from, from nine on, this is always on the list and, and well-deserving of that place. It is a, a tremendous episode. Like it's yeah. so well thought out. Uh, and, and in addition to being the, you know, the French side of it, the, the romantic and the, and the, you know, the Dr riding a horse into a party and fighting robots and stuff too you also have this weird dark side of the robots using parts of bodies to repair the ship right like and there's a nice mystery and there's the whole mystery is that is that they they leave you know they have this this sort of sad end to the story you know that madame de pompadour lived this amazing life even though her life was cut short but then they leave in the tardis they leave the ship not knowing what's going on it's only the audience who gets to find out the reason why they were so after her is because the ship was named after her but the doctor and and companions never figured that out
2: you know, I'll tell you, and you the other thing, and I know we we kind of joked about this from the Christmas Invasion on. Mm-hmm. Another super terrifying, terrifying imagery. Yeah, like those those the... mechanical robot dudes. That that uh-huh. those are again. If I were seven years old, I, I, I would those would be in my nightmares for weeks after this episode. Yeah,
1: and the the you hear the sound like under the clock has stopped, and yet you hear the clicking because it's under the bed, and I mean that's like a classic
2: horror trope. Again, phenomenal episode. For me, the season then takes a turn.
1: Yes. <laughs> this, yeah, this, this is the high point. <laughs> episode four, we've got a, a timeless Doctor Who episode that will stand for all time. And then we pivot <laughs> and we head down and down and down. And literally and, and, and,
2: down. and I mean, literally, I can't tell you how ridiculously down we go.
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> let's get into it. All right. So we have uh, Rise of the Cybermen and the Age of Steel, ultimately known as
2: Maximum Over-Deletion. <laughs> and, and let's put it together. Age of Steel, uh-huh. Maximum Overdeletion, 2, Delete Harder.
1: <laughs> now, I, it's 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 amazing. Like, on paper, this looks great. Oh. Like, the Doctor goes to an alternate dimension, and there's an alternate reality version of the Cybermen, and and, and everybody has doppelgangers in this universe, and, and Rose's dad issues come up again, and, like, all this stuff. And, it, boy, it just doesn't work. Like, <laughs> I, I give them props for making the Cybermen legitimately creepy. Like, instead of just the... the in the other ones, they were just sort of this relentless, just it was the unstoppable nature of them. It was just like just robot army, robot, robot. In this one, they added they've added the horror element of people are forcibly against their will transformed into these things. And so there are people inside of them. So that makes it way I mean, I, I think that's what it was before, but I'm saying they explicitly go out of the way of like in showing the the, the cutting blades and things too, of saying, This is this is what is your neighbor who you were friends with. Now it has no emotions and it wants to kill you. Okay. That's a, that's a legitimately horror sure. thing and, and, and scary as it too. But boy, it just doesn't work. It's like, I guess maybe it's because I'm not as emotionally invested in Rose's family situation. Oh no. I, I don't I'm, know if that's, if that's on me or if the show or what, but it's like, boy, they just keep playing those same notes over and over again. I do
2: yeah, no, know. <laughs> I, I can't say this enough. I do not care about Rose's mom. Yeah, I don't care at and, all.
1: Basing all this stuff on them, like an alternate reality version of them. Okay. Don't,
2: don't, don't care this, and I'll tell you what. Where they lost me early on, the Rise of the Cybermen, the first episode mm-hmm. has one of the worst death scenes ever. When the the main guy is who's trying to bring the Cyberman back, and he has his assistant, and he turns around and says, "We don't need you anymore," and they kill that guy, that scientist, mm-hmm. and he contorts his mouth in like a way that you would when you were on the playground in like second grade, <laughs> and I was like. Okay, we're done. Like, I'm like, <laughs> and and I'll tell you this: I really, really and and this is something I always thought when I used to see images of these. I really, really don't like this version of the Cybermen. Oh, really? Don't like the costume design. They look they, and I know this. They, they even get more like this. They look like they spend too many leg days and not enough arm <laughs> days at the gym. And they just don't. I don't get it. And yeah. and and the only thing cool, my only note, the only thing cool in this two parter is the Mickey and Ricky. Yeah. like to me that's the only thing I got out of this that I love yeah
1: he gets to see an alternate version of South who's who's tough and uh, take charge and a badass and yes ends up who's awesome. This. Yeah, and then go like, oh wait, I could do that too. and ends up going, yeah, well, I guess I will be that too because this world needs a, another Smith.
2: Because I mean, here's the deal. I mean, like, look, the, the way I would sum these two up is, is like, okay, the first episode ends with the with which purportedly would think would be one of the greatest cliffhangers of all time. Mm-hmm. We're all surrounded by Cybermen. Yeah. We surrender. They don't care. We're gonna die. Yeah. And the resolution of that is the Doctor destroys them all with an overcharged battery. <laughs> okay,
1: I had right in my pocket. <laughs>
2: okay i mean yeah.
1: yeah i was done it's a, it's it's a, i've said that they found a way to bring the daleks back and make them scary again so it wasn't just like clearly a guy you know shuffling his feet in a big pepper pot right it made them scary again and he, and they tried to do that with Cybermen, and it i don't think it really worked like i'm not really scared like they're not really a scary monster we, we're gonna see some scary monsters here in uh, in Doctor Who, and they the Cybermen are a long-time villain. They bring them back, and you kind of go, "Okay, they're robot guys. All right. Yeah. I mean, like they're. I mean, like we've seen the Borg, and like these, these, like the Borg are way scarier than these guys. And they keep I, bringing, boy, they just keep bringing them back. And every time they come back, it's like, okay, this again. All right.
2: They don't feel. And and honestly, I really, honestly, don't think they get the Cybermen right until Capaldi. Yeah, I agree. Because then, then they're scary again. Yeah, yeah exactly but yeah
1: so and also another another uh, harry potter doctor who crossover there's uh the cyber the 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 main guy who becomes a cyber controller that's uh uh cornelius fudge oh
2: yeah oh that's his
1: tiny little mustache so yeah so then we, we we now say oh yeah and and one of the things that that they establish here that is a recurring thing that will become hugely important in the capaldi era is the doctor cannot reverse the cyber process like once a person has been converted to a Cyberman, that's it. Right. There's no coming back. This actually becomes a big recurring thing in Torchwood as well, and they they couldn't crack it either. And then even and and to his you know, as we'll see in uh, in Capaldi's era, this becomes a major major plop. that uh, are, Once you go through are, it,
2: you can't come back. There are no Lectuses.
1: No, Doctor No. <laughs> So yeah, and then we say goodbye to Mickey. So Mickey's off in an alternate universe and we'll never see
2: him again. No, no. Uh, <laughs> of
1: course. Yeah. Russell Davies loves his people. But that's
2: okay you? though, because because now he's now he's kick butt Mickey and I'm good with that.
1: Yes, yes, but next time he shows up, he is like uh, full on into his uh, his role oh, yeah. as a as a badass action hero. So we move on to oh,
2: oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> The Idiot's Lantern, also known as Doctor Forever, Edward Nigma returns. <laughs> Oh boy! Uh, And this is this is a this is a Mark Gaddis
1: episode. I mean, for God's sake, this—he's a great writer, and he—it was going to shortly will go on to create Sherlock, you know, in the timeline thing. But boy, this just. Doesn't
2: work at uh, all. I'm seriously not kidding. This is literally could have almost been the Batman Forever of the franchise.
1: It could have been, and, and, and unfortunately, that episode is coming. <laughs> oh yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> A couple episodes later, like they say, boy, this is the worst episode of Doctor Who. Oh no, no, my friend,
2: <laughs> hold <laughs> my it's beer. coming. Hold my beer. Let's yeah. wait. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I mean, like
1: i I give them props for trying to. To do something more, like like obviously he's in. There's there's a lot of a whole domestic situation and and this family and they're going through. But it's it's just a TV stealing people's faces. The only okay. thing,
2: hey, when Betamax cassette plays yeah. in into it's, a high part of the, the world. Plot. <laughs> yeah, we're no no. The only good redeemable part of this is it does continue a very. It, it, look it it does have a good child parent narrative. Yes. And it, and it continues a good story arc of Rose. That's the final true. scene Very true. where she tells the boy, look, at, yeah, your, do- your father may be a fink. You know what? Go, go do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. That, that actually, that's the only redeeming part of this episode. I'm like, oh, yeah. whatever.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's I, I guess it, if it had been a stronger villain or a, or a creepier one or more compelling, maybe that would have elevated the family stuff more. But it was sort of like, I, I'm bored with the monster and I'm bored with the family. So it's like going back and forth like, oh they're cutting away to this. Oh, they're cutting back to that.
2: Don't you feel don't you feel like that that conversation was held at like a, a writer's around a writer's table? And the person who was defending the story went, but no faces
1: <laughs> don't, don't you see you
2: it? they're people,
1: but they don't have faces anymore. That's it. And you're like, Okay, let's do okay. it. Okay. That like that's a that's a good thing for the thirty second promo of like they all turn around, and they don't have faces and they all reach out, you know, like, Oh, okay, yeah, that's gonna look really good. Yeah hungry no just no but uh, oddly this st- sets up a recurring thing magpie electronics becomes a running uh background thing for the rest of the series
2: that's funny yes
1: yeah it's just like one of those like oh from this okay but oh well yeah there's really nothing to say about uh, well, it is lantern so
2: let's move on to
1: oh <laughs> oh god these uh, this is such a painful run of episodes it's like yes. oh, i don't know what was going on but boy they I, I, the thing is billy and david are are soldiering the way through it like they are really good in all these episodes they are they are 100% dr and rose they're not phoning it in at all
2: well they're the only reason why obviously the show continues to get better yeah because they're and- they're they're marching on and they're like doing a great job, and
1: you notice that I have no audio pulled from any of these and <laughs> that's true like I, I was like looking at them like i 'm like looking for something that I could even to to talk about and nothing like I got
2: nothing that was more than a line or two the it's only like thing, okay but, but <laughs> you when know, like when you get into this one, the only yeah. thing that you do still have is there's still some good humor
1: yes, absolutely even there, there's, still, there's still there's still that lighthearted, adventurous sort of spirit exactly between the doctor and Rose, so as they venture to
2: the impossible planet and the satan pit i oh commonly known as oodles of oblivion <laughs> i couldn't i mean seriously the ood <laughs> that's the only good that's the only thing you get out of this <laughs> oodles and, of oblivion and the satan pit which i call uh, the Balrog exorcist <laughs> oh that that's
1: a much better title i like that <laughs> the Balrog exorcist i want to make shirts of all these alternate titles
2: and you got i, I mean seriously oh, okay first one the impossible oh, planet man. i don't I, I don't even still get it
1: yeah yeah I watch it and go what like what what are you talking about okay so every once in a while uh, the a doctor who episode will clearly wear its references on its sleeve and so this is uh one of those things where it, it was like somebody went clearly pitched like okay what if it's the doctor but in doom yeah and they're like yeah. oh yeah do that go that write that and it's like uh, why? Like we were coming off of a of a pretty rough two parter. Like I really think they could have done the Cyberman, Return of the Cyberman and Age of Steel in one episode. And same thing with this one. Boy, they could have done this as one episode. Why in the world is this two episodes? Yeah. I mean, I, clearly it was like okay, so it's you know it's, it's it is Doom. It is a hundred percent Doom, and they then put the doctor in it and then let's see what happens. Well, what happens is not really a very interesting story. <laughs> uh, the Ood come out of this and you're like, the Ood is great. The Ood are great. They, they become a recurring thing. Uh, we have the spacesuits that the doctor wears. Like with we, that spacesuit, it'd be the same spacesuit he wears through pretty much the rest of the series. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Like there's really, I mean, like it's, I, I like, I, I like a doctor who episode where he goes to a ship or a colony or whatever. And it's a group of people who are doing something like the, like this is their job. And we're going to see this again and again and again. Oh, and again. sure, but my God, this is and and this is the I think the worst example of that.
2: And and, and like, yet still, well, no, and still with these terrifying moments like what is it in the Satan Pit when the one guy gets the, he, yeah. inv- he all the writing appears on him and he basically yes. turns into a demon, mm-hmm. and that's where I put the exorcist apart. Like mm-hmm. again, if I were a seven year old kid, I'd go. Ooh. Not only have you confused me, not only don't know what's going on, I'm not going to sleep anymore. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like
1: seriously, I mean, they, they, they do a nice thing of like making the ood scary, even though they're not. I mean, like they're yeah, they're, and they're like, not. The first show up, the first time you see them, ooh, scary monster tentacle face, and they're like, oh no, they're really nice, and they're just they, they're there to help and everything. And then it's like, oh yeah, they also can be possessed by this by the ultimate evil or the devil or whatever they are. anyway. <laughs> the first yeah, uh, so, yeah. so so
2: tell me, it doesn't it can't get any worse, right?
1: <laughs> oh, I mean that really that has to be like the Satan pit, like literally the doctor confronting Satan. Yeah. Uh, and on an asteroid, that has to be the bottom of the barrel, That's right? The That's that low season. No way,
2: no way. It's all the way, all up from there.
1: Oh wait, <laughs> there's more. I don't think there's a Whovian out there who will argue that this next episode is the worst episode of Doctor Who since the reboot. Love and Monsters, also known as Hey,
2: okay, there's two. There's two titles. The, the first one, really here, two. There's two, because deserve... here, here, here's the first one. Okay, nodding, Silent Hill, slobber, Jabba knockers. or or if you just want to make this a lot simpler Uh face on the ass (laughs) because really i and and, and here's the deal you you know the backstory the backstory of the design for the monster is from like a seven-year-old who won a drawing contest
1: Yeah, this is it's uh, this is this is well, we talked about this last season a little bit too. This is uh, part of the Doctor Who time frame. This is called what they they call double banking. So, double banking is they're shooting multiple episodes at the same time, and because most episodes are involved, the Doctor and his companion, they're not available at the same time. So, a lot of times, what the for the double bank, they'll they'll have um, just the Doctor. Or just the companion show up. Sometimes it's neither. And, and so you look at this and you go like, oh, that's a terrible idea. Why would they ever have an episode of Doctor Who without the Doctor being in like 90% of it? And then you look at something called Blink. And you go, oh, it can be done. And it can it be done can really be done. well.
2: Oh, it can <laughs> be done.
1: Or it can be done like this, which is terrible. Oh, God, there's just there, – the only things that come out of this, first of all, it's a bad use of actors because there are two pretty significant actors in this. There is the lead actor oh, – I, I forgot I didn't write his name down. But the lead actor uh, play, is in a show from the BBC called Hustle. Uh, he plays Danny Blue in that. He's uh, it's, a, it's a show about con men. It's sort of like the British version of Leverage. Oh, okay. Um, and it's fantastic. Like I recommend anybody go see that. You're going to see a lot of faces probably from Doctor Who and stuff. And uh, Harry Potter show up in it too. Uh, it's, it's a really, really great show. And he's really good in it, but not here. And then also Moaning Myrtle is also in this too. Another Harry Potter connection. Oh, yes. There's one significant piece of Doctor Who lore connected to this episode and then nothing else. And this is the only episode where all four of Russell T. Davies arcs are mentioned. Oh. So this is the, that goes against my theory of him winging it, He, he I, you know, which is not a, a slam at all. He's, he's like a good dungeon master. But um, he mentions all four of the uh, things he'll eventually get to. He mentions Bad Wolf. Torchwood, Mister Saxon, and the missing planet. In this case, it's Clom, but there's a fact that there's a missing planet that becomes very, very important later on. And things. So all four of his season-long arcs are in this episode. So clearly, he was thinking ahead.
2: Yeah, it still doesn't. And it's
1: it's yeah, it's just (laughs) god awful. Like
2: (laughs) my only other thing is well, I mean, when when you use Taste like chicken" Uh in your script, you're just like, okay, that's that's it, right? And
1: then you Um, have to. Then they they force you to think about what. A love story with an animate piece of concrete would be like oh oh
2: don't, that I ending is, that in my head is is incredibly awkward i had to know that's really really awkward that yeah. that that piece of tile does not need to be in his lap no for obvious reasons <laughs> we don't we don't need Just to get into
1: don't, that. i don't I want to, I, don't...
2: <laughs> I don't want any part of this i know nope, i'm done um the only thing that's funny is is that when David Tennant shows up at the end, he comes out of the TARDIS. Mm-hmm. I literally think they didn't tell him what the episode was about. <laughs> because the look well, on his why face. Why give him a script? The only no, no, no. <laughs> and they didn't he tell him. I, I think they told him there's going to be a, a small child eating an ice cream cone, like at the end mm-hmm. of the alley. Because when he comes out of the TARDIS and he delivers his lines, he literally has the look of, what the hell is this on my face? <laughs> like, wait a minute. What am I looking at? <laughs> <laughs> oh well, well don't worry, It's just
1: looking at tennis ball most likely. Or, uh... Yeah,
2: well or something. But anything could have been better than that anyway. Yeah. I'm yeah.
1: Oh uh, <laughs> yeah. It's just there's not even worth discussing anymore. Yeah, if if ever if ever you're showing anyone else Doctor Who, just skip this episode or nope, you might nope. end up like having them not want to watch any more episodes with you. So the next the next episode is, okay, we're 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 taking a step up because obviously from Love of Monsters, it has to be a step up. And it's an episode called Fear
2: Her, or ultimately known as? Okay, this is going to be a weird one. Okay. Put down the pencil, Aha's Revenge. <laughs> Now you know, take on me the, the video, like, like seriously, <laughs> it's terrifying, right? Yeah, and you're like, okay, I'm all into it, but it's just, but I'm just sorry. The ending kills it for me with the torch. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's it's for for this this story they're telling, the kind of a serious thing of what's going on with this thing, to then end it with like. Uh, a gag. Yes. Like, oh, that makes okay. no sense. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I think, though, do you think, okay, do you think that they get, like, the doctor
1: carrying the torch at them because it's a great thing. It's almost like they worked backwards.
2: It's it, uh, No, again. Again,
1: absolutely this was, correct. This is 2006. So this right. was, it was six years away before the Olympics would be coming to, you know, so they're like, oh, what's it going to be like in 2012? We'll do
2: that. And that's cool. And I, th- I give them credit because I think that was kind of bold to say, you know, obviously you knew you were getting the, the they, it was already planned. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of a neat thing to kind of be in the pop culture sphere of trying to get people excited for it. And, you know, I'm sure it played very well to that audience. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it is an interesting story um, in terms of, Oh well, wow! This girl's sort of possessed, and she has this ability to capture people by drawing them. I mean, like, I get all that. It just, Uh mm, yeah, (laughs) it doesn't. The ending doesn't do it for me, and it's weird. And and maybe it's it's kind of goofy. This is the. I think this is really a goofy um, episode Mm -hmm. leading into what is trying to be. The two-parter for the for the season finale, yeah, trying to make it very serious and
1: right, setting up for the for the the big time epic right. clash we're going to see in the next one, right? So yeah, there's and that's the thing is it's it's not it's not good it's not necessarily really bad or really good it's just it is yeah. yeah like that pretty much it's it's only known. Sort of now for that the the doctor carrying the torch like that was Correct. the you know that's the that's a very small part of the large episode. However, we do mention the Shadow Proclamation, which has become a recurring thing. Hmm. Originally thought to be a like a document, but later on we'll find out it's actually a organization. Fear her. Uh, I don't even necessarily know why it's fear her, but anyways, okay. So then we'll, well move fear, on to fear, the, her,
2: fear her from drawing you. Oh, eh, okay. I Chloe. guess fear
1: her because she could draw you and
2: <laughs> Chloe take you out of I mean yeah, t- the title of Chloe draws you and you get sucked into a piece of paper doesn't so Or you should fear her. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> we get into the, the two part finale. And I, I, I like the fact that they they I, I always like it when they, they leave something to be a surprise because the problem is, is like with the Cybermen, well you know it's gonna be good Cybermen because it's called Rise of the Cybermen. Like and why would you like if you want it to be a surprise that it's <gasps> Cybermen, why would you why do you, you tell this? So at least this one they call Army of Ghosts slash Doomsday. So we don't know what's happening at the start. Ultimately known as
2: so Army of Ghosts is known as the Tenth Sense. I see cyber people. <laughs> <laughs> the Tenth Sense. Oh, I like that. And if you know, I had to, couldn't go with the Seventh Sense. I had to go with the Tenth. Okay, let's just do this for. Okay, well, no, and then Doomsday, which I got to tell you, my honest, my title was Doctor Darko. <laughs> okay, it's it really weird for me. Yeah, kind of in a. Re- I mean, the only thing's missing is Frank, Frank the Rabbit. For those of you who are uh, yeah. fans, that's right. Like, it gets a little weird. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Look, here's the thing. The whole thing. Obviously, I did not know this. Okay, I'll admit this. I actually didn't realize that this is where uh Billy Piper leaves. Yeah. Oh, you I didn't know? Was, no, I thought oh. she. For some reason, in my head, because she is so adored by a lot yes. of fan circles. Uh-huh. I actually I can't believe she's only in two seasons because yeah. that seems really short but okay. but but when you look at this whole season especially where it begins I get all that. Mm-hmm. The cool part of this is okay you you get you get legit Cyberman you get a, a legit Cyberman Dalek war which yeah. is cool. Which is cool and it's well done and it's that's, and it's, it, total, it's very
1: much like you could see, you know, twelve year old Russell Z Davies just clapping in glee, like,
2: oh, I get to have them fight each other.
1: Like, I mean, it's fanfic writ large. I mean, and God bless them for it. Like, that's exactly how, forward, how I would describe man.
2: it. It is a it is a fan fiction story of a produced actually with a budget, mm-hmm. and it's very interesting. It gets a little weird. It Mickey does. Mickey is awesome. Yes, and Mickey come. I mean, now Mickey is like Rambo. Right, Rambo. Phenomenal, interesting ghostbuster references, yeah and done and done in a somewhat funny and also in a somewhat really dorky way, <laughs> right, <laughs> which I don't know how to explain that, um, uh, but you know still, I mean it's still and, and again the humor, okay, when they do the little montage of like the commercials, he's going through the television finding out why are these spirits all around, and when they do the ghost forecast on the map,' <laughs> like i'm like la- I'm like, okay, that's legitimately funny, right, yeah, no, I mean, like good humor. I just I just felt overall the season the season arc ends it starts so amazing it is so mm-hmm. incredible and it just gets goofy
1: yeah it, it gets in a lot of we, we the the family drama and, and I like the fact that it it could have just been robots fighting robots you know like and that could but that the fact that he knew this was this was when um, Billy was leaving that they tied it into this overall thing of like this is the day I died like it's a whole overarching thing of like how is it because from what we know of Rose and and even of the doctor at this point they were never going to separate like she was gonna, she was with him to the end she's ride or die like you know she would have been an old woman <laughs> dying you know like hunched over the controls of the TARDIS. like she was going to be with them all the way along right. so it's sort of like they had to go okay how do we make it so that they're without killing her cuz you don't really want to kill her um, separating them so that it is final and that neither cuz both of them would do everything they could to get back to the other. right? Uh, but now, when it comes to destroying the universe. So they did a, a good job of, of building up the threat that it was enough that, okay, so we have to, to defeat these two giant enemies. Then what has to be sacrificed is that. And it wasn't even a, an intentional choice. They really were. She, <laughs> they teleport her away. She's like, not this time, and teleports herself back. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, and then obviously gets sucked into the, the, her dad comes and grabs her right at the last minute. No, Another other day says what? But
2: fine. I think maybe the problem with it is, is there's too much to me going on mm-hmm. in terms of not only the Cybermen, the Daleks, and you're mm-hmm. seeing the Daleks, you know, in a really cool way, yeah. but then they throw in the Torchwood, Torchwood Institute. Yes. And, and I don't know if, you know, I was reading about this, the Yvonne, the Yvonne character, the head of the mm-hmm. Institute. So my understanding is that was a bit of stunt casting on their part because mm. she, the actress, uh, Tracy Ann Oberman, She's in, like, the EastEnders, like, it's a really popular oh, okay. TV show. Okay, yeah. the, the way I would say it is, it's almost like as if Star Trek would, like, would have stunt-casted Jennifer Aniston to do a guest spot
1: oh, okay. in the middle of the 90s.
2: No, like, yeah. I actually think, like, okay, I, I you know, because that part, it's just too many stories and too much is going on, and you're, like, all leading up to this incredibly emotional end with the departure of Rose and, and how all that works out. It just was, like, blah, lots of explosions and running. That that's how I kind of felt like at least (laughs) for Doomsday, just like okay, I get it with with again really cool a really cool fan fiction story of something that you would want to see, not done entirely well,
0: and I and I I
2: wonder what I wonder what the reason I I, this season is so perplexing to me because again so good, Mm -hmm. and you just go hmm yeah this this is
1: very big but I guess it's like they have to there's there's a lot of metaphysical jiggery pokery that has to happen because they have to figure, okay, we we already said they're an alternate universe, and that's blocked away, and Cybermen can never get out because they're in an alternate time, and we also can't go back and visit them because a Void. It's been sealed, and yada, yada, yada. Right, right, so we right. they have the whole episode of Army Ghost where they're coming back. And it's like, okay, we have to bring back the Dots. Well, we can't bring back the Dots because we killed them all with the Delta Wave. So... Let's bring back the old school original Dalek. Well, how they survive. And so they have to do all of this heavy lifting. Yes. Oh, also, we need to establish Torchwood. Oh, also, we have to say goodbye to Billy. Like, I give Russell a lot of props for like that's a lot of heavy lifting yes. for a two part season finale. You gotta leave people with, you know, like a, a good feeling kind of uh, thing to do. So, I mean, we get introduced, like, Dally, the travel between thing, but all, we got the cult of Scarrow, and we have oh, yeah. Tor- Torchwood Institute, like you said, the stunt casting, like bringing in major people, and we get to see uh, Freema uh, show up briefly. Oh, we'll yeah, be, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Lives right.
1: and dies, and eventually we'll come back, you know, looking remarkably similar uh, at, later on in the in David Tennant's run. You also, um, have,
2: uh, you also have a plunger death. That's true. Everyone always
1: make the jokes about the plunger, and now we get to actually see it.
2: No, but, but that was, that was actually two bathroom plungers. Like, literally on the sides of that guy's (laughs) face. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, clearly. Uh, And we get to see uh, another... um, uh, It's interesting what catches on with fans. So, like, I have uh, a Funko figure of of 10, of uh, the 10th Doctor. Oh, and he yes. Is carrying and he's wearing the 3D glasses, which I think he only wears in this. There may be one other time he does, but he only wears in this episode. But it becomes a thing. Like, there's so much fan art of him with the 3D glasses. It just And like Matt Smith and the Fez, like the very yes. few times he actually wears the Fez, but it becomes a, a recurring thing. Otherwise, it's just, you
2: know, a skinny British guy in a suit. Like, well, I wonder, <laughs> it's a little affect you go, oh, that's actually from this. I've I've seen a, I've seen a lot of the Funko Pops and the and the art and everything else. And literally when that came up I went, "Wait, is that really where this is from?" And uh-huh. yeah. and it's a very yeah, it is funny how something that probably you I mean, I'm sure when they wrote that and they filmed it they were like, "Well, that's just a funny thing people just go, oh, whatever, haha." Yeah. And then it sticks. And yeah. you're like, okay, interesting.
1: Yeah. You can see cosplayers and stuff there walking around with three glasses. Yeah, because yeah, seeing multiple dimensions at the same time. I mean, like it's it's very clever how they how they do all this stuff like the it's a time it's a void ship and it's out of time and like there's the the Genesis arc and I mean all this 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 great sciency you know nonsense uh, that ends up uh, bringing back Daleks and stuff too. And and the fact that we have Daleks with names now. And of course. Now they get they get sent back in the void, and the, we're not we haven't seen the last of them. One of those will will come back to to play a major part right. in a future episode. Uh, but then we have to. But then, of course, the it all comes down to is after all that stuff is done, and and they get, he pulls the plunger, and everybody gets sucked down the drain. Uh, is that we have to say goodbye to Billy Piper and Rose, and have to the Doctor and her are separated by uh, they're stuck on the alternate sides of a an insurmountable void that neither can them cross through anymore. Uh, so I have I have a little piece of audio from that, from the uh, the uh, encounter on Bad Wolf Bay.
0: Here you are, living a life day after day. One adventure I can never have. I'm going to see you again. <laughs> you can't. What are you going to do? I've got the TARDIS. Same old life, last of the time lords. On your own. I love you. has to say it.
1: Wells and everyone crying, and I, I imagine there's probably not a a cut that they or they a shot that they had
2: done where Billy Piper probably wasn't just completely bawling. <laughs> oh yeah, no. Again, look, at here's the deal: as as weird as the season gets, her her acting gets better and better. Oh, yes. Yes. and she really, I mean, no, like every the stuff that she's done post Doctor Who, it's this is mm-hmm. great. She's she really developed. It's interesting to see somebody like that develop tremendously as an actress. Yeah. It's great. No, no, that was good. It, uh, yeah, yeah I just wish the this, this story was a little more. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes these, we'll obviously get into this as seasons go on. Sometimes mm-hmm. these, especially the departure of characters, yes. the episodes get way too convoluted, and I just don't know what's going on, <laughs> right? It's like, wish you could just trim some of that stuff down. Seriously, to, yeah, to make I it don't know. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, oh, but, but good. Yeah, that's
1: a, it's overall, a, yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, and that's a big, I mean, that's another one of those big emotional. Thinking moments for fans that think was he gonna say it? You know what was the like? Oh, they're, they're the star-crossed lovers now on all sides of the alternate universes. I'm glad though they didn't.
2: I'm glad he didn't say it. Yeah, and and you certainly. I all always when I watch that scene, I always envision in my funny self thinking, "Please deposit twenty five cents, twenty five <laughs> cents for your call to continue." <laughs> right, because it's just yeah. funny. It's just the way it clips. Now, of course, though, in lieu of all that, probably one of the coolest cliffhanger endings. Of almost any episode. I mean, mm. I think the whole introduction, the the bride, the all of that oh, is yeah. done really yeah. well.
1: And and like you were talking about before, another casting coup. This was actually one of the secrets Doctor Who managed to keep. The Doctor Who like yes. organization is n- notorious for not being able to keep secrets very well, and this was a big secret. So uh, Catherine Tate is a is a big deal in England. Like, yes. I, obviously, she's not made as big over here, but imagine, like, you were watching, uh, you know, like, uh, a Star Trek episode, and suddenly at the end, Melissa McCarthy shows up. Yes. You're like, holy crap, what? Like, what? Hey, <laughs> you know, on no. this little show? It was, it was that level of thinking that nobody knew this was going to happen. The bride turns around, and, you know, all of us are like, why is there a bride thing? But all of England goes, what? Catherine Tate, how
0: did you? What? <laughs>
2: yes. Yeah, it was a I huge. Remember, it was a huge surprise. Everybody's like, "She's giving me the Christmas special." What? What? Oh no! I think, I, and I think people were shocked when finding out she's not just going to be in the Christmas special. Yeah, I remember reading the stories where people were like, "Um, she's actually signed up to do this." Like, really <laughs> amazing. And we'll get into this because yeah. her, her character again, oh, yeah, amazing, yeah. amazing. Somebody going from comedy to drama, yeah. and also still maintaining a lot of comedy. really, really well done. No, it, that was a great. That's a that's a great ending.
1: Just yeah, nice, as as the doctor's in this weird emotional thing of like going to be left alone. And I just love my life is gone. And like, what am I? Gonna, and I'm alone again. And so so then now there's this <laughs> screaming bride that's on his tarnish. <laughs> what what?
2: What? Right? What? No, excellent. Yeah, excellent, excellent response on his part.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a real. I mean, obviously the highs are so much higher than the lows are low that it it makes it so it's it's overall it's a great season. But boy, there's some low lows. Oh yeah. And like, the only I, way... I can't imagine ever going back to have to watch
2: Love and Monsters. Again. The, oh, no, no, not <laughs> at Man's all. The only way they survived was the, the sheer power of the acting. Yes. Sheer yes, power because you're because you're showing up for ten in rows. And and I would also add some really really smart placed comedy. Mm-hmm. Because you definitely made it entertaining. That I would wrap up the season as terrifying, funny, entertaining, and ridiculously goofy for the second half. Yes
1: yeah i I, I kind of wish they had almost leaned into that more. like I think you, right. we could have gone through a lot more of those things, uh you know, like you know, Doctor. Fighting Satan if he was like, "Okay, great. The devil, let's see. Oh, this will be fun, like you know, that sort of thing as opposed to everything being so deathly serious.
2: right, right. But really good, though, I'll tell you what. the yeah. series obviously matures. Yes, so you can totally see why it, why it takes off where it's going to go next, and yeah. uh yeah, awesome
1: yeah yeah it's a great it was a great it was a it was a good time yeah i'm i'm, I'm I get to, especially a couple of those ones that really popped to me as as being much better than i remembered uh and then some being just just what i remembered
2: <laughs> if not
1: worse if not if not yeah if not worse yeah so all right so uh thank you once again for uh, for coming along on this ride we, uh, we appreciate you listening. Thank you, Rob, for taking time out of your vacation,
2: actually, sure. to come and do this. Oh, this is totally fine. You're very welcome.
1: So as always, you know, like and subscribe, do all the things. Uh, I'm going to uh, play us out a little bit uh, with a song. I, I, I didn't realize this was a song. So there's a – at the end of Christmas Invasion, there's a pop song that plays when the doctor is picking out his outfit and, and sitting down and everybody's sort of getting very chummy and Christmassy and stuff too. I thought that was a song they had found, but it wasn't. That's actually a song that they commissioned from Murray Gold to write. So oh, it's, wow. it's, it's called Song for Ten, and you'll know it as soon as I, I play it. But I did not realize it was – they They somebody said, hey, we want a pop song to end it. And he actually wrote an original song for it. Uh, we will be back uh, in a couple weeks for uh, Series 3, uh, where we'll uh, we'll get to see what's going on with that bride and then see uh, the doctor uh, and his rebound girl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Very nice. uh, and and, and that's it, being one of my favorite seasons. Uh, I think, pound for pound, I think that next season is, is has a lot more uh, hits than misses in the next one. So I'll okay, cool. so, uh, play us out. So uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll see you next time in Time for 13.
0: Well,